They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. podcast with your host Juan Ayala. All right, we made Mark feel uncomfortable there with my pronunciation of nigromancy, but that's how you say it, bro. That's how you say it. Here we are, episode 108. It's a special number in Hindu and other religions, I guess. The way I see it is 1 plus 8 equals 9 in Pythagorean terms, which is the number of man. The seminal number cuz it looks like a little sperm it's nine months of the year right paranoid american here is talking about man and cows how they relate and the would you call it gestation period yeah i mean I, I grew up in south florida so there was a lot of cow fields so you learn a lot about no I was, I was just kidding about that but no the the thing that was interesting is that humans have a typically long gestation period compared to other animals meaning that after they're born they still have a lot of time to kind of like bake until they're ready otherwise you know humans will just kill themselves by existing and it's fairly atypical uh south except for cows so apparently for humans it's 280 and for cows it's 280 it's actually 40 weeks too that's that's a, another significant number because it's what 40 40 days and 40 nights or something like that in every every religion with the with the exodus and all these other religious scriptures so that would and, make sense. And it sense. was tying into the 108 because the reason why we've got those exact ratios is because of how far, if, if you believe in the actual sun and the moon uh, and the geocentric uh, it's model. It's fake and gay. That, uh, that, the, that the number 108 <laughs> is because of the distance between Earth and the sun and the moon, um, which kind of just makes it perfectly so that the sun and the moon can appear about the same size and share about the same amount, you know, 40 days, 40 nights. Like that cycle exists because of that ratio of 108. And without that, it would be a different existence, essentially. Well, that's what this guy was talking about. He was talking about how it's literally linked to existence and life. But before we get into it, I want to introduce everybody. We have myself, 
at the Hold On Podcast. You have Paranoid American, Paranoid American, at Paranoid American on Instagram. We have Slick Dissident Gabe, Slick Dissident on YouTube. We have Pope Christopher from at Mensa Podcast. This guy. We have Kaylee Burkana, which is Kaylee Burkana, her, her YouTube channel, if you want to learn about tarot and astrology and all that goodness. We have Mark, Mystic Mark from my family thinks I'm crazy. What the fuck was that? And then we have this one guy. I think his name is Dan, and they call him Dan Unaki Dan. What's up, bro? <laughs> What's up with oh, your background? Man. Fucking got hit by a brick wall, dog. <laughs> He's a brick house. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. So we're here, and we're queer, and we're about to talk some shit. Get used so, to it. Yeah. So anyways, I, I think Roman said he couldn't make it, so we, we're not going to have homie Romy. And then the other another person bailed out, but it's all good. Here we are. We had to do that's right. We did what we had to do. I want to just plug the zine coming out very soon. Uh, ignore the margins, as Paranoid American was pointing out earlier before we went on air. But the first one is going to be on the homunculus, and we will be making it a a group project, right, with some people who are going to contribute to it. Occultist Monday, The Hidden World. That's going to be out very soon, hopefully in a couple days by the time this is out. And, yeah, it'll be on the homunculus. And why'd you laugh, Chris? Because... The homunculus is a very serious topic, bro. I feel like you're just like walking around your house, just like jizzing on tables. Don't clean that up. It's going to grow. That's my little guy. It's the gestation period. <laughs> but Thomas, what you were saying about on the topic of homunculus, that the cow, right? That there is this ritual where you can turn somebody into a pig or an ape. So it reminded me of the why some some religions don't eat pork and some religions worship the cow what if these because of this magic they were turning people into pigs and there's obviously the whole what mind unveiled video that he put out recently where it got banned or it was it was exertus's video that got banned on pigs being people because their their anatomy is so close just recently the person with the with the pig heart transplant died recently, I believe, or pig valve, heart valve or something. So there's literally grimoires that would teach you how to turn people into other animals. If you could turn a person into a pig, but you could still slow roast them over 24, 48 hours, then I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know if I wow. have that much of a, a qualm with it. Are you in support of it, though? Like, are you in support of turning people into pigs to eat them or... I don't think we're there yet, but I but I think if once we actually have some serious discussions about we're all going to start eating crickets, I might be more open to that concept <laughs> if we want to debate it. Right now, I'm going to say no. It's a hard no, but I can see that, you know, there's trajectories which would put me at a, a soft maybe. I have I have a comic it's idea. It's not a hard no. It's a soft no. Yeah. Well, I can I can see where it might be a soft no. Like it's a it's a hard I'd no now, but I can see it's, it's over soft. there. It's like a red light right now, but like it might change. Yeah. I can see the light like like two or three down, and that one turned to green. Dude, that's that's long at the, the gay bar. A soft maybe, dude. A soft. I'll try anything once, right? It's like a uh, well, you know, it, whatever. But I have I have a comic idea. Check it out. 
Thomas. Dude, I'm an occultist. Suck my dick. No, 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 no. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Comic book, comic book idea for for paranoid American comics. Here I see it. It's the apocalypse. There's no food or anything anywhere. This character Whoa. comes across a grimoire. He comes across a grimoire that's able to turn the survivors into different animals. And there starts to be a war of factions of people turning other people into animals and they start eating each other. Is it considered cannibalism if you turn somebody into a pig and then you eat them? Well, tune in to find out on whatever <laughs> fucking comic. Issue two of the Oc Oculi Monday. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, the Occultist Monday. We're going to have a story in there about fucking eating people who were pig people. I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, I thought that would be fun. And maybe but some like barbecue think... recipes. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's that's a part of one of the things that really messed me up about what was it the the Kabbalists right the the Jewish sect of Kabbalism where they were there was this rabbi that I was listening to and you know how they say that you have to reach a certain age I think it's forty actually uh, where you're able to actually read this text to be able to comprehend it if you read it anywhere be, uh, before that you're not able to comprehend it but one of the things that he's going on about right about this mystical interpretation and all these things about this certain book i forgot what book it is and he's talking just having a conversation into the camera and he talks about how back then there were these rabbis i guess that they were living underground and in order to survive their meditation they would transmute meat and eat the meat and then he just fucking brushed over that and was like, yeah, so this is why you have to learn this and that's sacred. Now I'm like, can we rewind and go back to the fact that you just said transmute meat out of nothing using magic in order to eat it? Like, you know, like what, what the fuck is all that about? And he just what goes over that, that. What does that mean? That, what do you think? He said that they would that when they got hungry, they're just like abracadabra. Boom. Here's the fucking cheeseburger. You start eating it. You go about your way. And that's it. So, like, how how delirious from hunger do you have to be to believe that a rock is actually a hamburger? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, we can talk about Catholic mass, right? And the, the transubstantiation of a little cracker into a piece of flesh and uh -huh. uh, some grape juice into some, some blood. So... That's basically what the dinner at the with the Lost Boys and Peter Pan was all about. <laughs> the, the magical, yep. invisible blue goo... <laughs> So I wrote an article about Jesus being a homunculus, right? And this is in the Occultist Monday, by the way. It's gonna. It's. I went there. I went there. I, I did a thorough combing of the history of the homunculus, and I think that's why the body of Jesus is cannibalized. Look at Mark's face, dude. Bro, <laughs> like, dude, don't. This is this is the look of a proud. Father, even though Juan is not my son, I inspired Shut up. Monculus. <laughs> and then last week I told him about this author I interviewed and uh, how Jesus might have been a golem. And look what he's done since. I'm so proud of you, Juan. You wrote a whole article. I think that's a, a roundabout way of saying it's alive. Yeah, exactly. What, but if you think about it, Gabe, though, they cannibalize his body because I grew up Pentecostal Christian. So I was like, this is symbolic of his body and this is his blood. Well, in order for you to get a magical because the whole thing about the Eucharist is what to get ascension, right, to be saved. Essentially, it's magical. It's it's magic. So in order to get magical powers from a homunculus, you need to eat it or do th certain. Bro, this is I'm serious. This is this is real stuff, bro. This is real. 
grim grimoire magic dude that i'm talking about these are instructional manuals that these people were posting but not only that but we got to understand that the same things that i'm reading the elites if they're able to do something like this to a cow or to whatever animal who's to say that they're not doing this to people is that a chupacabra you think they just like they humunculized like a raccoon and they set that bitch out like <laughs> go, a, a go chupacabra a chupacabra is a Puerto Rican a failed experiment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, it is. It, it, yeah, I remember, dude, being like six or seven years old in Puerto Rico, and people telling stories about uh, their animals being sucked of all the blood, and then people be being next to their windows because we have the shutters in the islands. You know what I mean? The shutters, Chris. Oh, yeah. And the hands reaching in and grabbing people like these <laughs> that shit is the spookiest shit ever. <laughs> I remember as a fucking kid hearing about this and in Puerto Rico, it's mostly, you know, mountains and farmland. So it kind of freaks you out a little bit that there is literally something in the, in, in the wilderness. And I've walked through the, through the Brazilian, through the Puerto Rican rainforest before by myself. And you know how that song goes, why does it feel like somebody's watching me? I was walking by myself and it felt like I was being watched, bro. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's really fucking creepy, dude. Now where Michael Jackson is hiding in the Puerto Rican rainforest. <laughs> Damn, it's just pop. Michael Jackson, big, like who else? I don't even know, dude. That'd be so sick. Biggie Smalls, right? Yeah. That's yeah. another one. Biggie Smalls. Who else we got in there? All the twenty seven club. They're All... mad old now. There's a fucking portal. Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain. Yeah. There's a portal at the center of the Puerto Rican rainforest. So, but yeah, the the chupacabra Makes is a sense. failed experiment. It is, dude. It is. Like, did you know about the Puerto Rican experiments that they were doing on the people for like the longest time? Yeah, don't they still think it's like 1930? No, no, it was yeah, no, you, podcast is there's a record for all this. Folks, go back to, two weeks ago and listen to me tell this also to Juan. <laughs> <laughs> Is, is this just the Mark's greatest hits? Uh, I, we're about to mute Mark because he's having some technical issues with his microphone. Anyone ever uh, seen the, the Montauk monster that was uh, apparently like the bloated... Some say it was like a bloated yeah. raccoon that washed up on shore, but it's spun into a whole bunch of different theories and it being close to Montauk and Camp Hero and uh, everything it just invites all kinds of fun speculation. Oh, yeah. Plus, there ain't shit out there on the tip of Montauk out there. It's like way out there. It's weird. Montauk's got that heavy MK, the MK program hanging on that word real heavy. Well, that's where apparently there was supposed to be a god share that they would bring like the graduates of Monarch over to Camp Hero, put them in this little chair that was underground, and use this whole big satellite for like the amplified astral projection. It's kind of like the the storyline from Stranger Things where the girl can like astrally project and see where the Russian spies were at or the Russian general and like tell them that was essentially happening under that big ass uh, satellite dish on Camp Hero with this God chair underneath. Or, you know, or so they say. <laughs> what if the Montauk monster that they found that like weird looking pig with a beak what if that was just a cover-up and there is an actual Montauk monster that looks scarier, but now that they, you know, you look it up and you just find this gross, like, 
corpse instead of maybe like uh, the actual what the actual monster looks like, which could be like an MK Ultra victim or something. Who knows? So I wanted to talk about that. Looks actually. like me taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to bring up cryptids because I've been listening a lot to to the confessionals and this other podcast called Uncomfortable, and they talk about dog. Because I really, I really like Dogman, especially since we did the werewolf episode and how that's connected to a lot of things. But are some of these people are full of fucking shit, aren't they? They're, it's like really fucking dumb where it's all these podcasts, not throwing shit at anybody, but a lot of these podcast stories that they're telling, it's all firsthand accounts. Like, you know, I saw this one thing. It was a hairy bipedal creature. And when I looked over, he looked over at me and that was a goddamn Bigfoot. You know what I mean? And I'm like, li- I'm listening to it. And I go, is how is this okay i know there's things we can't explain but give me a fucking break you know what i mean and i've never i've never seen anything in the woods i've heard weird animals like owls you know arguing back and forth making weird noises and foxes and stuff but you ever hear a screech owl Uh, no i've heard them like do some weird like like talk like that yeah, they get they get really funky. Sometimes mm-hmm. it sounds like you know human voices, but sometimes mm-hmm. there's a certain screech that they do, uh, and it is blood curdling. It's absolutely blood. Sounds like a person screaming. Oh my god! Sounds like blood. I mean, literally bloody murder. It goes right up your spine. It'll just paralyze you. Mm-hmm. It, the you know that Lilith is an, uh, a screech owl specifically. You know, not just any owl. She's the, you know, the sticks. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the um, the Mike Cleland owl, paranormal owl theory? That owls are yes. always punctuating uh, abduction experiences and different weird phenomena. People will see Bigfoot and owls in conjunction with one another. Uh, Mike Cleland, he wrote a book about owls and their supernatural nature. There's something about an owl's feathers that actually are so fine that they're you could maybe consider them like uh, subatomic, like they're so small. So there are like weird biological... I could be wrong about that. I'm just trying to like pull something out of the ether here. But the owl... (laughs) is I do remember them talking about owls and how they have a sort of peculiar uh, biology which adds to you know but also I mean everybody's seen an owl turn its head 360 degrees around like that's kind of weird so I feel like there might be something to that too because so many um, ancient secret mystery cults uh, including Bohemian Grove Bavarian Illuminati we could could list a lot more than you know just the top hitters but they're always kind of associated with that and you know the Owl of Minerva uh, I think Hegel sort of alluded to that in a few different aspects so this owl's kind of always been that thing that can see at night and if if you've ever seen the joke of like birds aren't real or like pigeons or surveillance vehicles but you like i I laugh at those ones you know it's kind of like a funny joke but if someone had a legit theory that owls were like astral you know spy cameras or like some kind of you know magical spy cameras used by wizards or aliens i'd definitely that's a comic book right there bro fuck bro yeah i love it 
So I can do some fun decode on uh, the, you know, Minerva is the goddess of strategy, right? This, this particular owl we're talking about. That's the Estregas. Minerva is venerated by the Estregas. And it's the Estrega witches that are the masters of strategy as they have command of the fates of the Moire. Uh, and because mm -hmm. of that, they can see past, present, and future. Where do I find these Stregas? <laughs> Three Glad faiths, the Norns. On that to yeah. Get that guy on the show to talk owls. Strega, isn't that Italian folk magic? You got it. Yep. I probably should go to Italy. Or you could find a weird Italian chick that doesn't have a boyfriend. She probably knows magic. <laughs> it's actually funny. You guys ever watch like uh, mob movies? They, they're those Sicilians. They like kind of like they touch on some like weird magic where they bring out the the uh, what is it like the the saint card and they burn it. You got to keep it in your op your, your open hands while you get to be made man. You ever seen any of those movies when they like recreate that shit? Well, you you burn you burn a saint card and then you do what? Yeah, like like a card of a Catholic saint. And then uh, you got to like keep it in your, like, I think it's something like that. And it's like when you're getting made, you know, like to like run your own family. Interesting. Sicilian, Sicilian ma mafia. Someone needs that Godfather sound effect yeah. to, to trigger on that. Yeah, exactly. Come on, Mark, where you at? Yeah, it's fucking. <laughs> I don't know if this counts, but I did have a hex put on me by a, a gypsy when I was in Rome. What? Or you can't like just little... hold on. What? What? Okay, hold on, hold on. Yeah. All right, talk talk about that, what'd Thomas. You what'd you do? <laughs> it, it honestly wasn't that scandalous. I was in Rome on like a like a school trip with a whole bunch of other kids, and uh, there was you know kind of like some gypsies that were begging outside of like a gelati store or something. And uh, I guess you know it was a bunch of like rude drunk because you know we're we're a bunch of high schoolers that are overseas where now the drinking age is like you could just go to any bar and just drink until they kick you out because they won't serve you anymore because everyone's like 17 and 18. So everyone's just getting, you know, plastered. And there was a legit like the hunt. And, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to be like uh, hyperbolic about this, but it was like the legit caricature of like a hunched over old lady with like the scarf and like the cane and like yelling with the, like the big nose and like a big mole with like a hair sticking out, like the whole entire, you know, children's book sort of like scary old lady and I guess, you know, she was asking for some of the people for some change and, and they uh, they like laughed or something at, you know, at the caricature-esque version of this kind of like gypsy lady begging. And she legit started putting a hex on everyone. She was like, everyone thought she was yelling. And after we left, the like the guy that was with us to make sure that everyone didn't just like wander off completely drunk was like, you know, just let you know, like that lady put a straight up hex on you guys. Were you sexually assaulted, Thomas? Where did she touch you? So yeah, but this was that was way before this happened. Oh, that was uh, before. <laughs> Thomas, that was very rude of you. You should have been nice to that Jesus. old lady. She well, that honestly, I was I was like thirteen, and everyone else was like seventeen, eighteen. So if they uh, were drunk, like I was beyond drunk at that time, and I was, I, I definitely wasn't mean to her. But I got you know the whole group got the hex. She did didn't just single out the two. I mean, maybe. I mean, my luck's not the greatest, so maybe. I don't know. It's just like this, like, rock in a shoe hex where it's just like, 
shit kind of won't work out forever. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, if, if there's ever going to be a time we bring up Italian magic and girlfriends and black magic, like, I don't think this uh, this topic will ever come up at a better time. So there you go. <laughs> I got legit text. Did, did uh, he tell you what she said specifically or just you've been cursed? Affanculo. Uh, How I'm, specific did he get? I wouldn't know. I mean, again, I was 13 and I had dr- okay. drank like two bottles of Manischewitz. You come think on, maybe man. this is why you've never amounted to anything in your life, Thomas? Maybe this I mean, is. The, the, oh, it was all about the hex. It was all about. It's like we're literally finding out on a podcast why Thomas has had like the worst luck of his life. I've, I've actually got something <laughs> even worse because on that exact same trip, I went to the Vatican and I might have stolen something from the gift shop. Oh my! No, bro, that's good luck. Bro. Bro. Juan, you're 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 one to talk, Juan. You're a homunculologist. What like kind it. of nasty? That's like micro dirty jobs. Like what? <laughs> no, listen, dude. I am helping the people. I've I've dude. I've legitimately had people write to me asking me how to take care of their homunculus online. All right. I've had people confide in me asking me about homunculus specific questions. Uh, this is a this is a, a this is a new and upcoming field. It's very exciting, and I'm at the forefront of it. So, you know, Bro, when can we start selling homunculus starter packs on Etsy with like the food and like a little like a little cage with like a nice little yeah. environment? You know, yeah, absolutely, like, like a little microbiology. Oh, we got it. You got to sell veils, so we can do like veils, and we can do <clears throat> like jars and shit vessels. To keep them in, that's what you have to keep we're, them in. We're talking about stolen magic mushrooms, right? Just to be clear. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you market that properly and put it on TikTok, you'll get all the baby witches. They'll be like, "Yes." Yeah, we want to. Ke- Those yeah, are the ones that ask you for your. You can make a killing for the time of your birthday, right? No, you run away if they ask you. Right? What's that's a baby what witch, Kaylee? What's a baby <laughs> witch? What is that? It's uh, this really weird movement that's been going on for the last little while where liberal girls think that they're witches and they're like, I'm a baby witch. Because <laughs> they have blue hair and shit. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, that was one of the best scenes in the craft where she changes her hair. So that's, le- that's legit witch stuff now. That's canon. Yeah. Wait, so it's a, it's a what, a gen... A Gen Z or something that thinks that they're a witch by dyeing their hair yeah, blue. They learn, they learn everything through TikTok, and you know each yeah. spell has a fucking dance with it, and they have like five crystals and think that they're you know casting actual spells. Is this, this is a like, prescribed what, name? They do like, yeah, yeah, they do like one candle yeah. magic ritual thing, and then they call themselves a witch. And yeah, and where were they all when I was eighteen and going to crystal shops? What the hell, man! I really <laughs> on that trend. I was a nerd. I was a nerd. I was going to crystal shops like, what the hell is this guy doing here? A bunch of old ladies and me. I mean, there's got to be a concept of like natural talent though, right? Like the kid that that picks up a basketball for the first time or like the controller and schools you in Madden on his very first try. There's got to be a, the baby witch TikTok, you know, crowd out there where they go and do that one spell and it's like the most magical spell ever. I don't know how it would turn out, but no, the spell is is that they're all enchanted by, you know, this uh politics and, and commercialism. But yeah, I think people, you know, they're that's nothing new. You know, people have been playing around with magical spell kits and stuff. It just it depends on 
you know, where now that the internet has made everything kind of more universal, but they've had that kind of thing going on in New England for a while with like Salem and, you know, goth, the goth, you know, type people always. Remember Indigo Children? That that feels a little bit similar to that too. Yeah, this is like, you know, that's like me. I I would consider me and Juan were Indigo Children born in 94. What does that Uh, mean? I don't know what that means. Remember, I was raised Christian. It's just like, uh, it's like a term that people were using in the 80s and 90s to describe like this new age, like evolution that was going on, or at least they hoped and thought it would happen where, you know, because everybody was becoming more enlightened, the next generation would just have all of these sort of ideals inlaid within their psyche, which is true for the most part. It seems Boy, were like they wrong. Generations are, are a little bit. <laughs> One, you've literally never heard of this. Remember last episode I was trying to talk, we're talking about rappers. There's a Mm -hmm. bunch of rappers that are into this shit. And one of the ones that I feel like you made fun of his name just because I said it because you're a fucking moron. But (laughs) (laughs) Joey Badass, all those dudes rap about being indigo children. And and it's basically, it's a bunch of people that think there's a group of incarnated souls that all came to the planet at the same time to make it better. Yeah, it's true. It's It's like what they think. It's yeah, like the older version of like the star seed, right? Yeah. If you've heard that term, right? Yeah. To be fair, yeah. isn't Joey yeah. Badass the one that almost blinded himself from staring at the sun? Uh, <laughs> he's, he's trying to eat that sun energy, dog. I don't know, but I'm, I mean, does he expose his whole asshole though? I was waiting for it. I was <laughs> hey, you gotta spread them cheeks, boy. That's the perennial. You gotta sun the moon. That's an important energy channel. But you got to moon the sun. Yeah, unite the opposites, Chris. Okay, you get out there, you raise your your full moon to the full sun. That's the most metal thing I've ever heard. But what's it's a glass half empty, half full kind of thing. Doesn't look very emotional. Damn it! All right, Juan, we need to retire that sound effect. Okay, we we need to retire that. (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? Damn, bro. It, re- it reminds me of watching like an old, uh, like Kill Tony with Red Band just going crazy on the yeah. iPad with like the same yeah. sound effects. <laughs> That's what he does, dude. Fuck you guys. There. How's that? What is that? Is that Suicide Boys? What is that? Smoked out, loked out, dude. You're all smoked out on that freaking. Uh, all right. All right. Anyways, that sounds eerily like what what Scientology is about with the fallen souls and all this stuff. Uh, yeah. They get smoked out. Scientologists, they get oh, smoked yeah. out for sure, dude. Got chronic. Yeah. But that's, that's news to me. That's a very interesting concept though, where, uh, but they were completely off. I mean, we can see that they were off, right? We can agree on that. Well, I don't know. Cause it wasn't that the entire generation was going to be all indigo children. It was that indigo children was a new phenomenon where children would just inherently, have like another level of understanding enlightenment but it probably was still like little pocketed and i remember in the early 2000s there was a lot of you know like a sort of snake oil where it was like um you know send in all these tests for your kids and find out if your kid's an indigo child it was only an 800 dollars <laughs> course to like find out but it was you know there was like a, the business aspect but then there was the legit was aspect when, when ike got big you know like that was the age of like david ike and coast to coast yep. and like all yeah, of yeah absolutely man yeah, like spots like Sedona were like hubs for these people and doing conferences and stuff. So 
this information has been around since the 1800s. It's just evolved from like theosophy. You know, the whole new age movement is just like theosophy on psychedelics plus a computer. Like it's, 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 it's kind of like the natural progression of, uh, of where the human race is going. So that's why a lot of people got into it in the spiritual context of like, yeah, let's, let's like idealize this and raise these kids up to be utopian, you know, like, I mean, America was found in a, to be a spiritual utopia. So it's not like a coincidence that we have probably more cults and religions than any other country in the world, uh, at least new ones. You know, it's a lot harder to start a new religion in a place like Saudi Arabia, I suppose. But, uh, but you know, it, it's it's no coincidence that people think like that here. And there's even like Native American prophecies that say that the the spiritual light of the earth will go dim for some time, but it will remain, the embers will remain like kindled here in America and the torch will be relit and, and this place will inspire uh, the next age, the new aeon, which is why there was so much emphasis from the colonial powers to get over here and reclaim these really old, old civilizations. Uh, hence the Tartaria uh, psyop because they don't want you to know <clears throat> and and I'm pretty vested to say that it, it's a psyop at this point um, they want you to know like really what's going on uh, so they're going to throw all this like free technology steam engine steampunk bullshit at us to you know separate us further from the Native Americans and, and the sacred energy and and the the harmony that could be achieved if we understood our true or this continent's true history. That was beautiful, bro. Oh, dude. Yeah. But it, it wouldn't make sense. Right. Where, where it's like, uh, I was talking to somebody about Florida, how everything is drawn into Florida and like how there's this certain, certain energy, but at the same like Wanacondas. time, <laughs> do what? Like Wanacondas. What is that? Wanda, like an anaconda. <laughs> Wanaconda? Like Wanaconda. That's is where it... the black people live at, right? <laughs> That's Wakanda, bro. That's <laughs> fucking racist. racist. That's racist as fuck, bro. So there's there's a beach here in Florida where it's all <laughs> crushed granite. You ever hear about that, Thomas? About uh, it was um Fuck, I forgot what name okay, of the beach well, it was. Let's, let's just, let's I don't just, remember. I know Venice Beach is the one where you get all the shark's teeth wherever you go. Let's just take that back for a second, Juan, because sand is quartz, right? And granite is composed of quartz. No, no. So, it was like something crazy that I had never heard about before. It was either quartz or something like that, and it's only found in this specific beach in Florida. Hmm. The point being that something is drawing this down to that specific area, and it's funny because some people, people literally come here to fucking die. Wait, 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 hold on. This is like these kind of beaches that are just full up of like sea glass for whatever, for whatever It's reason. like baby powder, bro. You step on it, it doesn't stick to your skin or, n- or nothing like that. Well, what I'm trying to say is what you're saying, let me get this correct, is this one beach collects this one kind of sand almost? It's, oh, that, that is weird. It's probably just the natural composition of the rocks around it that are breaking down with the ocean, dude. It's probably nothing, like, super spooky. No, it's super that's spooky. That's boring, Chris. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Kaylee. <laughs> Thank you. It's fucking boring, Chris. <laughs> All right, fuck it. It's an elephant graveyard for this no, type of No, but for real. No, no, no. But seriously, there's elephants, uh, skeletons found in the Everglades. 
There was elephants. All right, all right. You're in Florida. Oh, well, well, woolly mammoths, not elephants. It well, it's a fucking elephant, Thomas. No, it's a fucking It's an mammoth. elephant. <laughs> Let's hit the brakes. Okay. Let's hit the brakes because we can't just jump from sand to elephant skeletons in swamps. <laughs> so every single every single beach is made of sand. What do you think sand is? No, 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 no. Right? But Mark, you're not understanding. It's a certain kind of sand. It doesn't know, it's like baby powder. You're talking about white know. sand. It's essentially white sand. Wait, hey, hold up, Juan. Is this that when I did the 930 into the baby powder, bro? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Snowboarder jokes are not allowed on the one-on-one. <laughs> um, hold on. Sand is all special, bro, but it's like minerals. It's like, you know, you have different types. You have different frequencies. You have different energies, but it's all sand. You understand what I'm saying? Like, no, no, I, I get exactly what you're saying. But the way that he put it was like it's like it's only here and it's drawn to. I, I'm just trying to repeat what this guy was saying, but uh, I know that you know you're. Cri- the, Fuck that guy. Are you, are you talking about the <laughs> Siesta Key Beach? Yeah, I think it's Siesta Key Beach, where it's like a certain type of. I'm I'm looking it up now. It's embarrassing. I don't, don't want to break your bubble on this one either. But a lot of those uh, beaches, specifically the ones with high tourism, they literally truck that sand in thomas uh, you shut the tons. fuck up okay they do that i know in south florida and like the really nice beaches like uh fort myers Nap- naples area they literally like overnight it'll go from like dirty muddy nasty you know the like- finest whitest sand beach in the world quartz crystal sand is white they, and soft they as- literally sell sand out of cape cod massachusetts bro like, powdered just, sugar that sand from up there down to you yeah. guys they do the same thing in connecticut all of our beaches are just cape cod sand imported that's fucking crazy. It's, a, it's the simulacrum strikes again. I, w- I was onto something magical. You guys just shit all over. I'm not, I'm not shitting on it because honestly, if there's if there's a, a place in Florida that's got pure white quartz, there you go, right there. For just sell it by the little bag for just twenty dollars. Imagine getting pulled over with this and trying to explain that no, no, this is. You're like, dude, I got four hundred million dollars worth of sand in the back of this truck. <laughs> They're testing it on their tongue, like mm, I don't know. That don't smell like sand bro, to me, bro. How much fucking sand it cost to fill, like, fill out a whole fucking beach, dog? Like, oh my god, bro! For twenty bucks, bro, you can buy your own little. I wonder how big this baggie is. You can buy a baggie. <laughs> one uh, let's see here. Wow, one oh one. You can buy two pounds for twenty bucks. That's that's a good deal. That's a good deal. Twenty uh, two pounds for twenty bucks. Yeah, but but what's that shipping though, bro? That's always where they get you. <laughs> I don't see the shipping here, but you see, he's made eleven hundred sales. See, grass lane. <laughs> Shout out, yo. The hustle is real out here, bro. This guy's selling fucking sand to people. Eleven hundred. He made like twenty grand off of sand, dude. Come on, dude. That's nuts. Dude, he wakes up, he goes across the street, scoops it into a bag, and he like zips the top. He's like, <laughs> cha-ching. <Yeah. laughs> Idiots. Yeah, so genius. genius. So my favorite part about this sand is that when you step on it, it makes like this little crunching noise, like, like a squeaky noise, kind of like when you walk on it. It's the craziest thing ever. You guys need wow. to come. You guys are shitting on Florida, but Florida is magical. Compelling podcasting ever. All right, so what's next? We're gonna talk about <laughs> peanuts next. How about uh, how about we talk about 
I mean, come on, Juan. I like the uh, the elephant skeleton thing because, well, Slick, if you got something, I'd love to hear it. But real quick, I learned about a rare elephant in Africa. Uh, apparently, it's the last one of its kind. And this guy who was researching it, looking for these elephants, he encountered, get this, a humanoid creature that looked like a four-foot-tall Sasquatch. And it was hanging out with these elephants. That was Thomas's brother. You've uh, don't <laughs> talk about elephants <laughs> and mini Sasquatch in South Africa, bro. I mean, I don't know. Sounds we like a go, fucking party over there. You go down that rabbit hole, but I think Slick Dissidents got something. Well, I was thinking that the uh, the white beach might be like, you know, the ash from the Atlanteans or whatever that uh, little building off the coast once was. Well, it's funny you say that, Slick, right? There's this homeless guy. Well, they he <laughs> listen to me, Chris. They they the guy said he wasn't homeless, but he looks like a homeless person. And this guy was claiming that remember that map that you built, Gabe, with the with the death car that was pointing towards St. Pete, which is also where Michael Hoffman and that what's the other guy's name, Mark? Michael Hoffman and the other guy? Shelby Downard. There's something else I was listening to recently where they said St. Petersburg might be like this holy spot, like a lot of interesting. Well, they're saying that it was the the original Garden of Eden. And it's funny that when we did that episode on Florida, the map that Gabe came across was pointing towards St. Pete. Then Debbie Downard and Michael Hoffman were in the same area. And not only that, but they found it's not Debbie Downard. It's James Shelby Downard. What the fucking hell is Debbie that? Downer, whatever the fuck the guy's name is. You know what I'm saying? That yeah, they're in that area. This is King Kill 33 here, yeah, man. If he even like, existed, this is like great grandpa of David Icke and, and conspiracy hierarchy. To his face, whether or not James Shelby Downard existed. <laughs> and he said, yes, he didn't even flinch. On record, people could listen to that. I, I just got to be on record that James Shelby Downard is is an absolute OG, and that his uh, his book Life and Times or the Carnival of My Life or something is absolutely the number one book you should be reading if you haven't already. Mark's gonna pull it out. I'm assuming. Yeah, he's got all types of he's books. Gonna, he's gonna flex that. I'm jealous. Oh, this is this is where King Kill Thirty Three is, but I don't recommend people buy this book. It's really gross. I, I, I hide it behind other books. What, I well, can I see the cover? Can I see the cover for each research purposes? What's so what's so gross about what's it? So gross about it? Well, it's a collection of articles, much like what you're trying to do. So, you know, even though James Shelby Downer's article is cool, uh, the other authors range from psychopaths to creeps to just straight up crazy people because this is a collection of apocalypse culture articles. So... Not really my cup of tea, but I like the King Kill 33 thing. So he's got another book. If I would add it to your, your reading list. It's called The Carnivals of Life and Death. Yeah, and it's basically his like one. diary for the first 20 years of his life. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've seen that. That that book, I think, is very expensive now online. But I That's could great. Be... Yeah, I just saw it. It's like $200 or something. That's crazy. I've got a copy behind me somewhere. Uh-oh. So, Juan, I shot you a copy of that map off the death card. This was, uh, yeah, this was from our Florida, our Florida jam we did. Yeah, that's interesting, Mark, that somebody thinks that it's uh, the Garden of Eden. 
or St. Petersburg. Yeah. It's a, it's a very supercharged name, right? Well, he, the reasoning behind that, because the guy, we're trying to get him on the podcast, but we think he's dead. But the point being that, I'm pulling this up, that he believed that along this entire coast of Florida on the West Coast, they've found these anchors, uh, being that a lot of the intercoastal of Florida is is man-made. And that's the, one of the explanations behind Atlantis and all this. And I'm sure Dan can chime in because they've, they just recently did Atlantis, but the idea that it's man-made and it's, you know, a circle, a concentric circle, uh, they, you know, he adds that onto, and then along this entire West coast, they found these anchors that they were just using at random cities in Florida as, you know, place markers inside of, parking uh parking lots and all this stuff i'm gonna pull a picture of that up bro remember what i accused you of earlier i just did the same thing to you because what i just said earlier i learned that from you when dan and i and you yourself talked uh on our oh, the, well, that was us right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's i'm sorry we <laughs> how did we have forgot dan just reminded me when he popped back in uh, with his smiling face. But yeah, um, that's crazy. You know, Michael Wan and I did like three or four episodes about this on your handbook for the apocalypse, which uh, Gabe has been a guest on that show. And um, one of the few guests we've ever had. And yeah, it, it's, it's interesting because Mike has a personal connection to St. Petersburg as well. So they found these ancient stone anchors found along the West coast of Florida between 2000 and 5,000 pounds. And, this is literally, I don't know what they're called. They're called Moors Heads. They're named after the ancient sailors, the Moors, who traveled around the world. Uh, according to Ross Ben, they traveled throughout the New World before Columbus, up to maybe a thousand years before Columbus. So, Interesting. Uh, the Moors and the Olmec Heads maybe are connected. You mm. have this ancient culture of people from Africa who clearly knew how to work stone. And they would use those as anchors, but they're called Moors heads. And some sailors in Ireland and, and uh, in the Great Britain and whatnot, they they still call anchors Moors heads. They don't call them anchors. I think this is the guy I told you about that is super passionate about Florida being the garden. I'm going to look him up here. So this is <laughs> old a dinosaur skull that he's next to. What the hell is that? <clears throat> no, it's a hole. I think it's more anchors with holes in them. I know. I'm just... Um, Esoteric Eddie told us that uh, the Olmecs in their mythology say that they were led here by basically Toth or, yeah, by Toth. By Hermes Trismegistus. <laughs> so this is... Yeah. This is what you what we were talking about with the Bok Tower Gardens, which is right here, and then this guy made pretty much a replica of the Garden of Eden. But this is America's Taj Mahal, bro. That's an incredible America's Taj Mahal. Yeah. Have you ever been there? It's it's really close to here. Yeah, I've been here, but I never focused on the tower because I was chasing a fucking two year old around. But I went down to Old World Florida's bookstore Focus down tower in Miami, and uh, we did an in-person interview, and we talked all things Bach Tower and how he has pretty much in, 
uh, alchemical engravings on the tower itself and how this is i told him this might you know this is a map pointing at perhaps a certain area in florida we have the gator here right because you have to keep it you have to pay attention where these things are pointing so he's pointing at the gator who's might be pointing at fucking saint pete right whatever so again there's a lot of weird things in here and we this always... is actually the the plot of national treasure too you're describing <laughs> Wow. Okay, so Juan, just if, if, like, uh, keep this keep this map in your mind and flash to that other thing I sent you, where I discovered the Cthulhu landing <laughs> point. One, one, two, three, four, hit it! There you go. So this is a, a three-way straight line from Rhode Island through Jekyll Island and right to the end of the Yucatan Peninsula here. A straight shot, and it rides the uh, all of the numbers of the coordinates: seventy-one, forty-one, eighty-one, thirty-one. Those are the center line of the magical square of the moon. And so, if you ride the numbers right down the middle of the magical square of the moon, it reads as a coordinates list to go from Rhode Island, where H.P. High Priest Lovecraft lived, right through Jekyll Island, where the signing of the you know what. And then, boom, it lands on this crazy asteroid that landed. And can you go down a little more? I think I've got the name in there somewhere. There it is. Chicxulub. Chicxulub, yeah. Crater. Chicxulub. And this is what took off, took out the dinosaurs. Whoa. So it literally killed the reptilians. It was literally a war. And it Why killed. Why does it look like an octopus? Oh, because it sounds like Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Because it sounds like Cthulhu. Chicktulub. It sounds like Cthulhu. You know, it's like it's, it's a resemblance. And I've been wondering ever since we did the H.P. Lovecraft work, and this is kind of a reunion of, you know, some of some of that uh, time we spent so long ago. Um, I've been wondering where that storm happened that uh, Parsons sent after L. Ron Hubbard. Off the coast of Miami, I think. Wouldn't it be crazy? Lovecraft magical target lineup. What is what does Chicxulub mean uh, in that language? Because looking it up now, I'm pretty sure Cthulhu has an ancient association with like a Greek god and a Roman god as well. So Mm -hmm. it might be to compare. I've never read H.P. Lovecraft. I know when other people who haven't read H.P. Lovecraft hear those terms, they're like, what the fuck is Cthulhu and why am I supposed to care about fiction? But when we look at things through a syncretic lens, I guess you could uh, say, well, hey, H.P. was basing Cthulhu off of a real uh, archetype. A hundred percent. Maybe share the the more relatable points because I get lost when you guys are talking about fiction, and then I look at Google Earth, and, and next thing I know, I'm like <laughs> on the other side of the planet. Like, oh hey, did you guys hear about uh, Morocco? I'm trying to look up if what the name means, but it was the one that killed the eight wiped out eighty percent of all animal species, including. Non-avian dinosaurs. That's fucking crazy. I'm trying to figure out what the the name means because it has to be. Why did it with uh, Hurricane Katrina? It's very similar phonetics in there, you know. I'm curious about the name because if if we're supposed to believe that no humans were on the planet when this 
meteor struck, then, you know, when did the culture that used that language identify this crater? Like, so it says the it's the from the Yucatec Mayan language, and it means the devil's flea. Ooh, <laughs> okay. Like a flea, fly. as in like like on an animal, like a flea. <laughs> That's like a hell a of a flea from the Bible. Stinging the horse. Uh, yeah, I guess a meteor is a flea when in com- looked at in comparison to the Earth, right? It's like a tiny disruption in the larger scope of the planet that's cool yeah i never thought about it like that but yeah it's a hell of a flea i I still couldn't find it where the fuck did you find that thomas well there's an and there's another um reference uh translating to the tale of the devil so the devil's flea the tale of the devil something that's essentially like following the devil Huh. But uh, but again, this is a, a Mayan translation. So I, uh, whenever the word devil comes up, like that could have been one of like a thousand different representations of something that whoever oh, was that's... translating it was like, that's the devil, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's a lot of how uh, ancient cultures saw meteors and asteroids as like, you know, demons or some sort of entity that needed to be uh, respected or acknowledged. So yeah, there's definitely like, uh, syncretism across cultures with that there's all these stories about dragons and meteors in europe folklore isn't it crazy though that i mean what fucks me up with the whole dinosaur stuff which is you know i was fascinated with dinosaurs and if i guess if you're a certain part of the community doesn't believe that they're real that they're only found in certain parts that they build all these skeletons from little fragments of you know a toe and, and then you have you have a fucking t-rex skeleton which okay i get it but the idea that they throw around all these crazy ass numbers of billions of years like how can you even begin to comprehend that or is that part of the agenda where they don't even want you to comprehend that they just want you to accept it it's like it was three billion years ago i can't even fucking imagine three billion years so i'm just supposed to it's just that dinosaurs died out 65 million years ago. So, so here go right here. It, for, it was formed slightly over 66 million years ago when a large asteroid about the so the, the asteroid hit 66 million years ago, bro. Of course, of course. 66. Is that, <laughs> is that the same asteroid that they claim created the moon? Because right there's the the one theory, the leading theory by NASA right now is that the moon is a result of some asteroid essentially that hit the earth and then that's like ejected from the earth is that the same one or is that a different no a different I don't, crater i wouldn't know about that one blast. aren't you guys starting yeah, a space gosh. podcast you guys should know these questions yeah. like well i, I heard <laughs> the, do my research one <laughs> i don't mean to be contrary but i did hear that the moon was not uh a byproduct of the earth it's it's made out of a, a rock that is something else entirely and maybe didn't even collide with the earth at all but you know i have heard that theory too I, i'm not saying you made that up whole cloth but thea uh, is the NASA name of it. is probably the, the least uh source for that kind of information at this point right so it was a proto planet sumerian theory about the same thing similar yeah. sumerian theory is like planet x comes in and bust up tiamat tiamat mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, explodes becomes that, the Earth and the asteroid yeah. belt, and then the Moon that was already was part of the Moon. It was already the Moon of Tiamat, so it just stayed. Right, right. 
but it didn't like break off from the earth. It was something no. that broke off from like what used to be next to Mars, aka Tiamat, mm-hmm. but now is the asteroid belt, right? That that mm-hmm. ancient planet that blew up, created Mars, our moon, and everything in the asteroid belt. Uh, I think they say that it locked the moon into the the tidal. Uh, okay. Whatever uh, it, it tidal lock that the moon has with the planet is is what happened when uh, the ash or when the planet hit Earth or I think it was actually satellites of Marduk that like beat up a bunch of different planets and sent ones into different orbit and then exploded Tiamat. How could we ever know? (laughs) So even if even if someone did know and they wrote a book on it and they did a whole theory like how could you trust them? Would you believe them? Like someone might already have published the truth a while ago, but it might have just gotten like two stars on Amazon and no one ever (laughs) bought it after that. Um, I will say that the the, uh, interesting thing is like in Box Saga, they say that uh, the world was in paradise and it wasn't tilted yet. And then, uh, you know, 50 million years ago, uh, something happened and uh, created the tilt of the earth and the galaxy. So that would be something cosmic. So if a, if a meteor did hit earth at that time, it could have thrown earth into ice age and made it have a tilt. Is there anyone else here uh, that knows more about Planet X and like Nibiru? Because I, I remember vaguely I that there is... Okay, so there is like this like super long um, elliptical orbit that I guess where mm-hmm. every yeah. once in a certain number of years we, be, we come very, very close to Planet X. And I've heard some mm-hmm. theories that Planet X is a water planet and that when it comes very close to us, the, mo- the coolest one that I've heard, and it might have been from a, a John C. Lilly a rabbit hole the guy that lived with dolphins but that dolphins are the sentient beings on this water planet and then when it comes close enough to earth they can actually like either like jump over into earth or they can like telepathically whoa communicate what the, with the fuck that are here on earth bro that's the hitchhiker's guide to the yeah. galaxy when all the fish flying off oh. the fucking planet. yeah i was gonna say douglas adams it's funny this this is connecting to what I said earlier about the elephant researcher. So one thing that this guy found out when he was finding you know rare South African elephants uh, was that this lone South African elephant uh, mother bull I don't remember what the name for a female elephant is. She was communicating with a whale in the ocean, bro. They were communicating because this these blue whales kept coming to this same spot uh, off the coast where this elephant was, and the guy was like, "They must be communicating with each other." And it was this <laughs> magical moment. He's just sitting there, hearing all the sounds, and yeah, apparently <clears throat> elephants and whales uh, speak using the same style uh, frequency. They have a similar similar organs in their bodies to to make sound. They're actually talking shit maybe with each elephants other. Like the, maybe elephants just like to fuck whale blowholes. Dude, <laughs> they don't have blowholes. I mean, a whale blowhole is just they a have like a trunk that's been symbiotic like, relationship, you know? Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like a <laughs> uh, trunk tuck. They tuck their trunk behind their head <laughs> yeah. for thousands of years. That guy's source is like, hey, trust me, bro. <laughs> These animals are, he's high as fuck sitting next to the whale and the other thing. He's like, 
They're just talking, man. They're just fucking talking, dude. That's my, exactly the story. Yeah, my favorite idea of a Planet X and Nibiru is how the Kuiper belt and all these belts, they're asteroids, they're broken up rock. And essentially it was that this is a result of colliding, collisions. It was an entire planet that just broke up into a whole bunch of different pieces. And that's what makes these asteroid belts, the one right after, uh, the one right before Mars or after Mars. And then the one on the outer skirts, but yeah, how you're how you're talking about Thomas, where it's a an a big elliptical that it comes in and out, and that's why we got all these changes every so two thousand years or something like that, where the gravitational pull is the strongest and it affects everybody on the planet and all this shit. I've heard him say that it's not e- e- like a ecliptical, like in the same. Uh spinning motion like when you see a diagram of the planets and how they're all in that same like equal line or whatever but this one is actually like north to south or like oh it's kind of this way instead of this way you know what i mean yeah yeah so that's why we can't we can't see it all the time because we're not looking it's underneath us it's down yeah it's underneath us it's tartarus it's hell it's it's kind of more of a what's that what's that one uh that one thing uh, where it has like wheels and wheels concentric it's like a little it's a, a seraphim called something one of the, one of the angels no. no not a not the angel like the little thing you have on your desk yeah. and it has like circles a gyroscope circles circles the arm gyroscope. yeah oh, like a gyroscope, gyroscope. yeah yeah so like well, there, like the planets yeah. even like don't really necessarily all move around the sun and like that but more of like a gyroscope fashion and they have different orbits around and well, we know Pluto, allegedly, okay, allegedly. I know space is <laughs> fake and gay and stuff, but allegedly Pluto's is a little bit off like that, too. Mm-hmm. That's so, why no aliens we'll, come, dude, because we'll be it's like gay party in space. And they're like, why would we want to go down there, dude? We're out here sucking dick, flying around, dude. <laughs> She's <laughs> No, it's all good. But that that would make sense, though, right? Where it's like the waters above and the waters below. So whenever it's above us, then it would be the waters above and the waters below. It's uh, just Earth is bullshit. Yeah. It's like going to Tijuana. Like anybody going to Tijuana? I mean, it's fun <laughs> and shit. You know what I mean? But not all the time. You know what I mean, you'd rather go to the beach. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Tijuana, it's yeah. for a good time. Once in a while, you want to go see a zonkey. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Most times you want to go to the beach, though. So this planet, I just figure, like, if you got dimensional travel, all this jumpsuit, jump seat, this, that, the, the, you know what I mean? Whatever. Bitch, I'm going to the beach. This is the last place that you'd want to. So we're the shithole of yeah. the universe, pretty of the solar I system? Oh, so, dude. We're like, we're like the Florida of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Where you go to die. Does that make the Bermuda Triangle like the the hole that the toilet flushes down? Well, there's I mean, levels, levels within. They say it's what turtles all the way down. That would mean it's turtles all the way up. That means this thing's a jail all the way down. You're paying taxes at every level. You can't go to this country because you got the wrong paperwork. It's a jail, 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 jail within a fucking jail, dude. This place is bullshit, dude. Well, that's the whole Gnostic worldview, though, right? That's what what they were talking about that this this planet is a prison that your body is a prison for your soul so it wouldn't these guys were that's why they were killed bro they were i feel like they were onto something and they were silenced by the powers that be because they knew that i i've always 
I've always found it really intriguing that as a person, you can literally travel anywhere in your fucking head, anywhere. You close your eyes and you can envision yourself floating through the Milky Way through with fucking Joe Biden for all I care, right? You're, you're just holding hands and you're floating away. And it's like you open your eyes and you're in this flesh suit. You're here bound to this to this place, this desk. But in your mind, you can essentially go anywhere. So I was like, you just describe like a normal night for Hunter Biden. That sounds like <laughs> like a Friday night, right? Right. He's just uh, astral he's... projecting with fucking Papa Joe. <laughs> dude, think about if anybody else was behaving like that. That Hunter Biden guy is the best. Dude. He's the best. He'd be the he'd fucking be coolest president. guy to hang out with, right? He's the coolest guy. He's worth like billions of dollars. He owns like energy companies and fucking Ubekistan and shit. This guy is selling paintings for like three hundred thousand a clip. Cool. They're bullshit. Take you ten minutes. This guy is fucking sick. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? Fucking <laughs> living the life, dude. But a hundred percent. What's that one book that, or uh, as Chris would say, a hunt, a hunt, a hunt ten? Uh, what's that one book where the elites disappear off to no to nowhere? It was uh, Atlas Shrugged by uh, Al- Atlas Shrugged. Yeah, where they disappear to these this outer world place it's like i think that exists and that's why they just let shit go it's, a sec- it's like the, the rich kid takes his ball and goes home and uh like no one can play <laughs> baseball anymore because he was the one providing like, like yes, the bats I'm, and the gloves and the ball and <laughs> i think that should exist bro i think that it, it that's what the freemasons right the masons when they're building all these these buildings, I think they're able to tap into something. The real ones, not the the ones like there you go. You see, not like the ones like Thomas that just go and and fall asleep. But the, I'm talking about the higher ups, bro. Tell us, Thomas, the higher ups. Are, Thirty four degrees, bro. Thirty four. But yeah, I'm not allowed to talk about. Actually, there are also the thirty. There you go. You see that? So we're exposing the esoteric circles as we go. But yeah, 100%. I think that these people are, uh, they have otherworldly assets, if you will. That's why when the whole Panama Papers and all this other bush that's come out a bunch of times and they tell me the elite are hiding money off in offshore accounts. <laughs> tell me something I don't know, bro. Tell me something that's new, dude. Tell me about the lizard people in Hollow Earth. I want to learn about those. I want to learn about the... The money accounts they have offshore. Oh, who would have fucking thought about that, dude? Oh, would have never guessed. You know what I mean? Talk to me about the uh, the tightening and fluctuation of money as the same you would do through, uh, you know, like an electrical current through a board to see how you can short certain circuits out and, you know, allow others to kind of thrive. I love that kind of aspect of it because that's sort of how we get run, right? Like the, it's not the money and the resource aspect. It's the like literally controlling where the energy gets pointed and what mm. gets the focus. So and, I mean that's that's sort of a, a very you know astral uh, sort of like a cult aspect of it. I think. Have uh, any of you guys um, <clears throat> ever noticed? And I heard this theory recently where like people are talking about this. Apparently, but it's really pretty interesting. I figured I'd bring it up. It's like uh, you ever notice if you're flying, and you're flying over mountains, how they kind of look like from the top down like kind of like crazy looking they look like almost like an electrical current went through a board you ever seen how like electrical current goes through wood 
and leaves this like very specific pattern has that same pattern mountains do and a lot of people are like, apparently seem to think that maybe this shape is some sort of result of like it's electric universe theory yeah it's totally yeah, fascinating dude that shit's fucking crazy that's what the I shit looks it. like do this thing that's yeah, exactly yeah, so. it man yeah my favorite example uh is uh colorado the can the canyons in colorado look so much like an electrical discharge and some of the uh, substantiating evidence uh, that is really substantial is that there's not any sandy residue at the end of the river. There should be billion, trillion years of uh, erosion, but there's, uh, there's, no, uh, there's no sand at the end of that river uh, because it was very likely made suddenly. Uh, and that kicks, I love this, that uh, philosophically, it should kick the leg out from under the concept of Darwinism, which is like gradual, everything's the same, it's always been the same, never going to change. Uh, the fact that a freaking lightning bolt made the Grand Canyon means that shit's subject to change. Yeah, and, and that's like the canyon in in on Mars, where it's like this big jagged cut on the side of Mars. You know, they say it's the Anunnaki. They were having a war back then, a cosmic war, and they crashed on the planet. But the, uh, the Electric Universe Theory is one of my favorite ones because it it brings forward the idea of how they were seeing things back then as far as, like, the man in the sky. It wasn't a man in the sky. It was, you know, the plasma, the, the arcing of the electricity that looked like a man standing like this. And the people were like... Well, what does it look like? Well, it looks like a man. Write that down. It's let's call him Zeus, right? Because he's got lightning bolts, and it's like, you, you know what I mean? Like, I love that Electric Universe theory because it's not, it's not made up because mythology is the you know the psyche the psyche of of humanity. It's like what they were seeing the world as back then. You got to figure out a way to tell it. Remember in school where you could remember shit by putting it into a song. That's what they're doing, bro. <laughs> yeah. They're just taking these complex shits that go like, well, I don't know other way to describe it. Look like a guy in the sky. All right, what's his name? Zeus. All right, cool. So Zeus throws light. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. that much easier. It's just easy. Yeah. No, I, I definitely love that. And and the idea that these the planets were coming together and zapping each other through electricity. There you go. Well, That's crazy. I think, I think it's worth pointing out, too, that uh, there's kind of a universal uh, way that electricity and water both just always follow the path of least resistance which explains why lightning strikes and valleys and sort of erosion tend to take the same looks because they find if any, anyone's ever been to um try to t become like an electrician like i started down that path but i i actually <laughs> electrocuted myself too many times i was like <laughs> this isn't the route for me but one but like the most common analogy when you're trying to learn about electricity is always about water and about how like voltage and current or like how pressure and the ohms is like a resistance of the diameter of you know how you can increase pressure of water they are like so completely directly linked Dude, not just how they actually work but how we learn about them it's the same fucking words you just said current i mean you just said you know what i mean it's the same words yeah. for a six you know what i mean so yeah wow yeah, the water's you above of, you ever heard of electrolyzed water not electrolytes but like when you take water and put it through an electric process and separated into different states and densities and you get this sort of uh fourth state of water that's more like a gel what actually is one of the most uh nutritious forms of water because your body uh naturally converts water to this state uh when it 
is in your body. So if you do it beforehand, uh, it's kind of like speeding up the process, so to speak. So yeah, there are there are ways you can do this. Uh, Brown's gas is one way to uh, change your water, but I don't know. I'm not quite sure the science enough to be like whether or not that Brown's gas is the same thing. Uh, but yeah, it is interesting. So, water and electricity. <clears throat> Farting into your water? Wait, what? Is that who Brown's gas is? <laughs> Brown's gas is not farting into your water, Dan. <laughs> Fart, Christ. boys. Yo, does this water give you supernatural powers, though? It's really good for you. Think about it like this. We live in an environment right now that not only has less nutrition per square inch because of all of the chemicals and uh, our bodies themselves have been sort of sterilized with antibiotics and you know poor nutrition so you don't have the same amount of bacteria in your body to be able to absorb the hydrogen that's in your food every single food is a hydrocarbon so you're naturally eating hydrogen all the time when you eat the right foods it's it's a part of your your diet it's part of your body you're 62 percent hydrogen so uh, if you could use this gas, which Wait, is sixty-two percent hydrogen, I thought you were ninety-eight percent water. That doesn't make no fucking <laughs> water sense. Is, water is H two O, brother. That's oxygen. Baby. You're gonna need to draw me a pie graph. Finish him. So, but it gets it gets complicated <laughs> if we get into the biology. The point is, is there is a form of hydrogen gas that is safe to inhale. Uh, that is really good for your body. And then you can also infuse that hydrogen gas into your water and drink it. So uh, it's it comes, this machine that I have, uh, it, it basically pumps out the hydrogen. It's completely safe. It won't blow up in your home. And if you want one, where, you can promo code MFTI. Yeah, where are we going to get one shit? of these? Oh, plug. Well, what happens if you huff gas? It's great for you. you I wouldn't recommend any type of gas, but hydrogen gas. I mean, you could watch my interview with George Wiseman, the inventor. He's huffing the gas throughout the whole interview. No, I'm talking about like glue sticks or something like that. You know what I mean? No, so you spontaneously would, my family thinks some crazy podcast does not recommend huffing. I can't speak for Juan's podcast, but I don't recommend huffing. I think it's legal. To, I think it's required in Florida for all students to huff. So uh, I don't know. It's like the Pledge of Allegiance. They're like sniffing glue sticks. Like, I mean, it wasn't school required, but I do remember in Florida, one of the things that we used to do was make hydrogen gas with liquid plumber and I think like aluminum foil or tin foil or something. Bomb, you tie, bro. Uh. You, yeah, you basically tie like a little balloon around the liquid plumber. You throw... Uh, some tin foil in there, and it fills up with gas. And you can light a little wick to it, and light it, and it would go up in the that air. That shit blows up explosion. hard yeah, as fuck. I've killed gators with that, bro. <laughs> when you're pumping the hydrogen gas in your house, you cannot like use a flame or a candle. Like what? Yeah, it is flammable for sure. But so it's not, like deadly. Like if I'm over here, like and I hit my lighter, it's not gonna blow up the machine on the other side of the room. Imagine it's like, watch this, boom! <laughs> it fucking just blows the, up. The, the dude on the Zeppelin, he was just like trying to light a cigar and fuck the whole thing up. Yeah, that's what... We, we got We got here from water, electricity, okay, electric universe. Cool. Yeah, electric oh, universe. Yeah. Find out more about Brown's gas, check out episode 197 of the My Family Thinks <laughs> Podcast. Dude, Mark's gonna, <laughs> die. Mark's gonna die in a fucking freak gasoline fight accident, dude. <laughs> 
So back on back on the the Mars topic, the scar on Mars. Kaylee, crack our heads open on the alignments of Mercury in retrograde or Mars in retrograde, and Mercury's about to right. Mars is not in retrograde yet. He's in shadow. So he will appear to move backwards after the eclipse on October 30th. Mercury does turn retrograde on Saturday. What does it mean, Kaylee? What does it mean? What, what, what should we prepare for? Yeah, please. What does it mean? Uh, <laughs> oh, I think we're losing you, Kaylee. They don't want us to know. The lizard people. We say it's retrograde, right? Well, you could. Um, sure. Great. <laughs> One. <laughs> But really, when a planet's going retrograde on the spiritual esoteric side of things, you're being asked to look inside. Whatever that planet's theme is, you're being asked to look inside rather than work exoterically, right? So when Mercury's in retrograde, there's jokes about uh, communications being disrupted and technology going to shit because you're not supposed to be continuing to do stuff out here. You're supposed to be looking within. And with Mars, Mars is about action. Mars is about our drives, our passions. And uh, with Mars retrograde, Mars goes retrograde every, uh, it's under two years. I don't have the exact number in front of me. But when Mars is retrograde, essentially, we're supposed to be planning, like hunkering down and getting ready for the burst of energy when Mars goes forward again or direct. But um Yeah, Mars will be going retrograde in the sign of Gemini, which is ruled by Mercury, right? And uh, (laughs) this is the first time that it has gone retrograde within the sign of Gemini without going into either sign on signs on either side of it. Sorry. Um, Since what does that mean for Gemini specifically? Gemini Sun or Gemini Rising? Gemini too, Thomas. Yeah, I'm a Gemini too. Me too. I'm totally. Oh, oh so yeah, we, we need to know more. We got, here. We've got a bunch of them, two-faced bastards in here. So weird. Great, of course. This Gemini. makes sense. <laughs> I really thought, like, Gabe, you're a Gemini too, right? Taurus no, gang, baby. No, but uh, I'm I'm getting to know some Geminis that I really love. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Three Geminis and one Gemini on Gabe's mind. Okay, interesting. <laughs> so, so you asked, there was two different types of Gemini. I mean, you know, explain like I'm five uh, between the two different. Uh, like, don't, aren't all Geminis both types? Isn't that the whole point? Is that they're they're two? They get to like pick from two instead of one. Um, you're not trans astrological, okay, Thomas? I know you want to be. You know. Every person has a rising sign, a moon sign, and a sun sign, as well as a bunch of others in your house. And the people mm-hmm. ask for your rising sign. It's your ascendant sign. It's I think it's what planet is ascending in the horizon when you're born. Uh, it's, what sign, it's, it's what sign is on the eastern horizon at the moment of your birth. So most people know their sun sign, right? Like Juan threw up the, the horns for Taurus gang, but that's his sun sign, not his rising sign. Yeah, right? Juan, you idiot. Fucking <laughs> wait, what? Can you repeat that again? Throwing up your sun sign like a Feels dumbass. <laughs> well, I'll have so Kaylee. Right. Can you plug your stuff? Because I'll have you know, Thomas. I have the birth chart of a fucking alchemist. What do you have, buddy? <laughs> exactly. Your birth chart's awesome. Uh, but, okay, so yeah. So anyway, I do have a YouTube channel. I'll be doing my live show in about a half an hour, so I do got to take off in a little bit. But um, yeah, so your rising sign, okay, your ascendant sign is the most important part of your chart, not your sun sign. Okay, most people know what their sun sign is. That's 
it's lovely, right? But that's just one tiny, tiny portion. You're not just your sun sign. You're actually the whole fucking zodiac, okay? So anyway, your ascendant sign, this is why the moment, the timing of your birth is so important because it changes the entire map, right? So rising sign, ascendant sign, that's actually the most important sign for you to learn. So if you don't know what time you're born at, try to find out because <laughs> it, it actually plays a huge, huge... Um, it's very important. Okay. Uh, the first house, what your rising or ascendant sign is, talks about a lot of the themes that you're learning in this lifetime, right? So for example, I'm a Capricorn rising. So I'm, I'm literally learning about the themes of Capricorn in this lifetime, how to be more responsible for myself. Basically, that's a big keyword for a Capricorn. Um, <laughs> Everybody right. drink. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like that word. Anyway. Um, so what it means for you when a planet is going retrograde in what house the house is determined by your rising sign. So if I were to just give like a blanket statement for all Geminis, if you have a Gemini sun, it might not actually be true for you because that's not your rising sign. So I would love to tell you, Thomas, about all about the things from Mars retrograde, but um, Gemini is probably not your rising sign, right? So... I'm um, interested. Is, yes. there, is there a practical way of trying to reverse engineer and figure out what your exact sign? Because let, let's just say that, you know, you were born at home and no one decided to take it down. Or I always have this this lingering. <laughs> or you're a homunculus. Like, I don't, I don't yes, trust. Well, I don't trust doctors and hospitals, you know, a whole lot. Um, you know, hence yeah. the name. But like, what would be. happen if, if you're born and someone just like transposed, you know, 248 to 348 or something? Like, Wouldn't that throw... Right. All of your calculations. It's like, this is the Antichrist sun. Let me change this into a five <laughs> instead of four. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? Most people actually do give a rounded birth time because most doctors will be like, oh, 10 25 or 10 30 or whatever, and it's not perfectly accurate. So, yes, there is a process to reverse engineer. It's called a rectification. And essentially, what you need to do is. Yes. Sounds like an ritual. I'll show you a rectification. Yeah. You guys are assholes. <laughs> I'm sorry. But yeah, so essentially, you would have to get a list of a bunch of important life events. And you would see using different timing techniques when those life events would have occurred. And you can get very accurate with the rectification to find a more accurate birth time. But um, it's a lot of fucking work. And you have to get a lot of different events to narrow it down. So it's uh, it's a pain in the ass to do it, but it's doable. Literally, it's a Does pain it matter by the minute or is it more of like an hourly thing? You can get it down to the second if you're really good. Hitting the nail on the so, head. So you can get like a more accurate reading if you're down to the exact second. Mm -hmm. or... so this, so this is one of those times when he... your rectification takes seconds, it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get bad next time. I'm done. <laughs> well, no, so it, if, if you have it down to the minute, that's great. If you can get it down to the second, that's even better. But most, like, most basic natal chart readings, you won't need that super super precise down to the second reading it's when you get into the timing techniques that it really matters so yeah. depends on how deep you want to go with it and uh what you so want I'm, to know i'm born like late at night i'm born like 11 o'clock at night that just means like oh awesome. that no that actually helps um so in hellenistic astrology which is the greek astrology it actually matters quite a bit whether you're born during the daytime or born during 
the nighttime. Right. It's called sect, day sect, night sect. Right. So if you were born at night, the moon is more important to you than the sun. And there's some other rules. Essentially, if you're born at night, you play by different rules. So that's a really fun thing that I've been playing with lately, right? A lot of... <laughs> so anyway, that does that does actually narrow it down significantly for a rectification process, whether you're born at day or at night. So if you do know that, that's very helpful um, because some of the planets behave differently, whether you have a night chart or a daytime chart. So that can help a lot. So, so it's cool. No, I just wanted to see if there was any like, all right, everybody born at night's a prick. Everybody born pretty much. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not like that at all. It's everyone it's, born uh, at night's a bitch. It's significantly more nuanced than just all Gemini's are two faced. You know. Yeah, Tom. A, yeah, is, Thomas. Honestly, that's a that's an extremely damaging thing to say, right? Like all Tauruses are stubborn assholes. Are that's, they really? And they're lazy. Are they really? And they're lazy. Are they really? I don't think so. And like all Pisces are alcoholics. Like that's so fucked up to say that. Because <laughs> only, only when they're in retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> only Pisces in retrograde. Oh my god. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. So it's um it's it's, it's significantly more nuanced. And when you have people dropping statements like that, like the baby witches to bring it back to that and uh, the TikTok astrologers when you're trying to put something that's extremely nuanced and multifaceted and layered into a 30 second clip it's like good fucking luck <laughs> you're gonna lose a lot of the detail and say things that are damaging to, for people to hear um, I'll give you another example so my moon my moon which rules our emotions and what helps us feel safe literally um, my moon is in Capricorn and they say they say Okay, that moon in Capricorn is cold because it's a Saturn sign. They're cold and they're unfeeling and they're closed off from their emotions. Bitch, I cry all the time. So <laughs> it's wrong. <laughs> it's false. So, uh, yeah, it's more than a it's more than just my son is this. So therefore, I'm one blanket statement. You're so much more than that because we're so much more than just because uh, baby, one you're teeny, a star tiny label. Yeah. Yeah, baby, you're a star. Exactly. Okay. Except not Thelema. Yeah, and if, if <laughs> we're not Thelemites in here, okay? If anyone's interested in getting a birth chart reading, hit Kaylee up because she does birth chart readings and she did mine. And yeah, Thomas, I have a fucking occulted fucking birth chart, bro. So well, well, I'm curious because because the last time I looked deep into a Western astrology version of like the zodiac. They came up the the thirteenth hidden zodiac, oh. which was the uh, the water bear. Oh, fucus! Is, is this <laughs> real? Is it fake? Is it just like a like? Is this it's is this fake uh, as fuck? Okay, this is witch baby stuff. It's fake. <laughs> as fuck. It's fake. It's fake as fuck. Okay, so here's here's the thing. Okay, Ophiuchus is a constellation. Mm. Yes, same as Orion is a constellation. Same as Cygnus is a constellation. Right, all of these are constellations in the sky, one hundred percent. But it is not a sign on the. <laughs> on the ecliptic all right it's very close to the ecliptic but it's not a sign and the people that are telling you that ophiuchus is a sign is actually the same people that the people that use ophiuchus are saying is fake it's nasa nasa's like hey this is actually a sign and all of your astrology is incorrect meanwhile <laughs> the people that are trying to say that ophiuchus is a sign are the same people that are saying nasa is fake and gay so it's like 
who are you getting your information from? Bro, anyway, NASA's gay I, personally. Yeah, they're gay <laughs> yes, as fuck, bro. So per- personally, I think that the Ophiuchus thing keeps coming back up to delegitimize astrology. It's nowhere in the tradition. I have yet to see any evidence that that was even used at any it's point, a good point in the Hellenistic think- tradition. So I'm, I'd be curious if anybody out there does have information on like, hey, here's an original source material where they actually did use this 13th sign. I'd love to fucking see it. Well, the, the only context I've seen it come up in were mostly to be like, hey, you know, here's this other thing that no one even calculated in. So all the old information is kind of up in the air. So that that there was a yeah. little bit more credit into that. Um, Kaylee, it's a deacon. Were, it's a deacon. If you were so, born in like somewhere like really obscure, like you were born in like the outback or some shit. You know what I'm saying? From like an astrological point of view. You know what I'm saying? Did, mm-hmm. did you die as like an aboriginal? You know what I mean? Somewhere aboriginal, bro. I know. It's from Zoolander, you asshole. So I'm saying, it's like, <laughs> does there, is, there, is there like concept? Is there like theory? Is there some sort of like, you know, framework from your perspective as far as like, you know, you were born in like Mozambique. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Is that is there some, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't think I understand the question. <laughs> like, does it affect well, like, your... Con- like, I get everybody comes to it, like, a time, and maybe there's, like, um, <clears throat> you know, aspects of that that, like, rule your personality. Okay, like, I get that. But from an astrological standpoint, is there reincarnation? Mm-hmm. Like, does where you come out the planet mm-hmm. have anything to do with it? Like, you know what I'm saying? Your location changes everything 100%. Oh, like, I have, I have to take into account some of the, like, socioeconomic stuff going on around you and that plays into the birth chart 100 percent. because like if i have somebody sitting in front of me that's like from but fuck nowhere <laughs> in the middle of, right i can't like i can't mark, start mark like just like... lost his uh, rectification <laughs> totally fucking shrunken. like one yeah, no, that... puerto rico so what's that mean well I mean, he's a lazy Puerto Rican. Is that what it means? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see how racist. So like, okay. <laughs> okay. So like, take for example, if you had someone born at the exact same time and date as Juan, yeah. but they were born in Canada, their yeah. chart's going to be completely different. Okay. It's going to change the entire layout of the chart. But also, I do have to take into account, you know, like, okay. <laughs> How much privilege does this person have? Um, privilege. Did they, come, oh. did, did they? Did they? Did they come from a rich family? Oh, that's racist, Kaylee. Born in the streets. Privilege. How much? How much prestige does this person have? Yeah. It, it plays a role. It plays a role in the delineation for sure. I can't pretend that it doesn't. Um, so you, you, <laughs> you guys you, are gonna you, crucify me, shit. No, I'm saying like so, like if you, if you, like for example, were born Roll in the ring, uh, like uh, 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 Trump, if you're Trump's son, like what did you do in the last mm. life to be incarnated in that situation? Oh, okay, okay. See that that's a really fun. You're getting uh, heavy there, Chris. Chart, okay, you are getting heavy. I only got like fucking. I got 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> okay, so. There, there are different schools of thought about how to see past lives in a chart. Um, some people, some schools of thought look at the nodes of the moon and the node of the moon real quick. So you have the ecliptic, right? The sun's path, the sun's apparent path, the earth's path, right? And then you have the orbit of the moon and it intersects with that path. It's not on the same ring, right? Oh, oh, oh. Kay- Kay- can we ask that? Is this a flat earth or no? <laughs> no. Okay. Not a flat. Okay. Sorry. No, but astrology is geocentric. Okay. 
I have a, an actual serious question about flat earth and astro. Is there any <laughs> model of astrology that that can actually work coherently with flat earth theory or does flat earth theory immediately reject all sorts of like astrological information? I don't think that there is because the only way that I know how to explain things is from a moving spherical earth version and every model that I've seen so far for flat earth does not explain the celestial mechanics in a way that makes any fucking logical sense. So I, I tried really, I tried really hard to wrap my mind around the flat earth model and make it. But, but even work, ancient but it doesn't. astrology, it doesn't. but a lot of ancient astrology, it was, a, it was a celestial, it's it. a celestial sphere, right? Yeah. They still well, explained it in a sphere. Well, even regardless of what they thought it was, yeah. I mean, it was a sphere, so their observations were based on a sphere. Unless space yeah. is fake and gay, and then then <laughs> it wasn't. Then we're fucked. Then what am I doing? I don't know. But anyway, back to the reincarnation question. It's a really interesting yeah. um, thing to look at because the nodes of the moon talk a lot about like the gifts and the things or traumas that we carry from the past lives. And it's like our medicine moving forward, right? And um, it's a really it's interesting to look at it's really interesting to look at there's lots of ways to look at karma you get like certain obstacles in your way like yeah yeah like your pluto placement and different aspects of like saturn and shit like that can definitely play a huge role but um so here's the thing you can come into this life with the most perfect chart with no bad aspects perfectly exalted planets all this shit like and mine. still be a piece of shit like one. Yeah. yeah like mine <laughs> what? Oh. well i no, have no, something no. really special on my chart shit. or or you could come in with like the most challenging difficult aspects and placements and then end up being like a saintly figure because you went through hellfire and became mm. a better person for it rising right? from so the you ashes can't, you can't you can't make a snap judgment based on just like there the initial go. look at the chart. That's why you have to take into account like what is you. I could say, okay, so like for example, Mars square Sun, for example, it's a ninety degree angle. It's a difficult aspect. It's not very pleasant. Um, <laughs> I could say I could make a snap judgment like, oh, you have serious ego issues, or I could talk to that person and see how they actually express that, right? Because maybe they did have something you know some issues with authority or whatever early on but they've worked on that aspect they've worked on that aspect within themselves and now it's like they have um lots of energy to devote to all of their different passions or whatever just for as a quick example does that make sense i think it's pretty safe yeah. to right? say that oh yeah oh yeah it does problems with authority <laughs> well and, and <laughs> anyone with a podcast right? definitely doesn't have any kind of ego whatsoever no we don't. yeah we don't have... i just picked something random you guys shit that was very enlightening okay yeah. just got called out and i appreciate you <laughs> breaking that down no for shade Chris. no shade okay no, but no this like it, the, it, this it, the etymology of your life you know what i mean it's like you're trying it's to map. Yeah, like, but like, I want to. Yeah. Try, I'm trying to incarnate like Paris next time. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's preparing for that next lifetime already. Yeah. Oh man, it's you know what all like, this I got to aim this shit. You know what I mean? So how do I do that exactly? Because I'm trying to come back. Like, if I want next time, maybe a dog would be nice. I could be a dog. Good. Well, don't be a piece Bert. of shit. You know, I think it's really easy. <laughs> so you're saying you want to be obedient? 
You could be no, I want to just piss on stuff and bark around, just whatever. Not pay rent, don't pay taxes, get your fucking back rubbed, get fucking treats all the time. That means you just got to write. What if you're a homeless person's dog, though? Depending on your school of thought, depending on your school of thought, whether you believe in karma and reincarnation, all that, it could be highly beneficial to come in. And and live a shitty life and have lots of karma because you're said to be burning it off if you have well, a about equal, life, right? See, here's my question though: <laughs> equal and opposite, which would mean to say, if I was a total fucking <laughs> asshole, I come back like so sick. You know what I mean? Like think right? Like I don't know, man. Math. You know what I mean? You could you can experiment and let me know next next lifetime, okay? <laughs> we'll have to find each other, bro. No, but I'm saying, look at all these rappers. Sound like they're all dickheads. Sounds like they're all rich now. Yeah, yeah. Mm, but is that all there is to life? And are they really happy? I'd rather cry in my really Ferrari satisfied? than. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just yeah. you know, devil's advocate and all that. But you know, I just try to. Say, no, I appreciate there, that. I appreciate. There's like that. some sort of like you know like mechanism we could steer. Them. Thanks for the plug. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, I'm a. Okay, I'll I'll say one last kind of like closing statement as I like head out to go do my thing. Your birth chart is like a map, right? It describes some of the karmic conditions that you incarnated in this lifetime with, right? Some of the things that you have to deal with, some of the blessings that you get, you know, a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. It's relative. But um, ultimately, it's not you, okay? It just describes some of the stuff that's going on around you. Right. It's up to you. I, I believe when it comes to fate versus free will, some of the fate stuff, I mean, I can't reconfigure your chart to give you a better chart. Right. I can't I can't change anything like that. But you can change how you respond to certain situations and certain things that happen in your life. Right. I love this. So, I was saying this to my buddy yesterday. I love this. Yeah. Right. Like you can't you can't change whether your parents were alcoholic dick bags, but you can change whether you decide, you know, are you going to end up like that yourself? Oh, or you, are you going to be a better person? Hell yeah, do whatever you can. Also, don't step on nobody's right. toes. Usually, it tends yeah. to go pretty good. Like, if you don't, you know what I mean? A little less karma. Unless they're lizards. Fuck the lizards. Unless yeah, the people, lizards. Fuck the lizards. Are, <laughs> people are generally assholes, especially in business. So it's like, the less people you stab, the more friends, the better off. You know, it's typically a pretty good way to go about I think, it. I think that's common sense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So can we say that space is yeah. real and straight? <laughs> no, real and straight. It's well, real no. straight. Yeah, I think technically it's, it's just does eggs. have a curve. <laughs> you know it's the CIA, right, they tried to make that gay bomb, right? And if the gay bomb had worked, like nobody would have been fighting, right? And that's why we don't see no aliens, bro. I'm telling you, dog. <laughs> just eggs and sperm in space, though. <laughs> Green well, eggs and ham. Wait, is there really a gay bomb, dude? They did. They did try to do that, right? They tried to do yeah. a gay bomb. Damn. Yeah, because, dude, think about the math on it. You drop this gay bomb, right? Everybody puffs this gas. We're all gay, right? Okay, whatever, right? But I, now I want to go party, dude. Now I don't want to fight nobody. I want to go party. They're called poppers, <laughs> bro. You can buy them in gas stations all over Florida. Dang, exactly. That's the gas they use <laughs> at the gas station. That's, so sick. That's actually where the the name gas station originally came from. <laughs> it was actually to 
to pedal the poppers. <laughs> oh my god. Gas stands for gay in space. It would it, <laughs> gay, yeah, gay out space. It would make it would make sense. It would make sense though because that's how you eliminate a population essentially. If you turn them all gay, they're not going to oh, yeah. procreate. That's, that's the, what we're trying to do right now. Elon Musk just said it on this podcast, biggest thing that scares this guy is and whatever your conclusion is on that guy, whatever, whatever. But he's talking about population collapse. Mm-hmm. And they're starting with the fucking frogs, bro. Yeah, the frogs are just Thank you, Alex Jones. Yeah. <laughs> but I, got, I got something Amphibians. for that. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm kind of retarded. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to the frogs. Oh, my God. Okay, you guys. That does leave a shitty world, though, that we all get to die in. Oh. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, we're just like. The youngest people are like 45. We're just like, fuck, <laughs> well, hopefully I'm gone by then, bro. Fuck that. I don't want to fucking be a part of that shit. But, uh, I think that the Eat the Crickets is a uh, Disney mind control programming to tell you to kill your conscience. Because Jiminy Cricket was the childhood uh, inner voice. So this is really well, interesting. Jiminy Cricket was, was the, the Gnostic uh, sort of, you know, id. To uh, Pinocchio, right? That they cover everybody's face and say, "Kill your Gnostic internals." Did you want me to talk about how long Mars is going to stay in the sign of Gemini? Because it's fucking (laughs) retarded. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. actually, I would love that because like two years, isn't it? Because Mars. Oh God! Thank God, no. But it lands right in front of a uh, what is it? Three two two. Whoa! Yeah, three twenty-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so normally Mars does not spend this long in one sign, but because it's retrograding, it's going to be there for seven fucking months. Uh, (laughs) And Gemini, because it's a a dual sign, right? It's about polarity. It's about communication. It's about uh, seeing different sides to situations. And Mars being a planet of aggression, right? Aggression, assertiveness on the positive end of the spectrum, but aggression, violence, also sex. Um, <laughs> going retrograde in Gemini is basic. Also, for the, the United States, this is really important because Gemini is the house of um, your contracts Dragon. and uh, open enemies. Okay. Dragons. No, no, no. So anyway, Mars being in, in Gemini on, in and of itself is kind of can be difficult energy to deal with because literally you're talking about debate like quite literally and it can be heated debate right polarizing issues stuff that usually people will fight about is like guaranteed to come up and um just be amplified while mars is in gemini and then during the retrograde cycle it's like changing your mind on literally everything it's gemini's mind you know so <laughs> it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of people saying, I told you so. There's also going to be, I think, rumors of war. I mean, even more so than what we're seeing now. Um, lots of really super fun stuff like that. But also the, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a positive off the top of my head. Oh, hold uh, on. Let's take, let me tip it way off the cliff first. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Could we call this? Could we? I mean, could we go really crazy and call this brother against brother? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the yep. you know that's the that's the phrase that they used in the Civil War. I mean, straight yeah. up, this is drawing lines in the sand kind of stuff, right? Yeah. 
100%. Do you see any uh, lottery winnings befalling any of us in the immediate? <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to look at your whole chart, man. <laughs> you can yeah. tell if we can win the lottery from our chart. Uh, you could make some, some decent predictions based on um, different transits and different um, periods that you're going through. It was super vague, but like so I'd have to look about, really deep. Yeah. It's not about what really deep. lottery to play; it's about when to play. Exactly. What's yeah, that? Exactly. What's that red planet? Exactly. That's supposed to be Mars. I'm pretty sure. Oh, it's Mars is red. I wanted red. you to break this down have for us because Mars this, in the sky. This it's is very red. interesting, Gabe. This because <laughs> uh, you know the law of correspondence where we have. I fucking hate Crowley, but the Crowley Thoth deck, which is one of the most more beautiful decks as far as the art goes, and uh, we have this uh, mirroring, right, of this yeah. reality. Mm, yeah, Gemini mirroring. Anyway, I got to go. <laughs> Thanks, Juan, for inviting me on. You are awesome, Kaylee. Um, you Thank you so are, much. You, you guys are great too. I mean, mostly, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kidding. See you guys later. Bye, Kaylee. Thank you. So yeah, Gabe, if you could break this down for us, because obviously this happened recently. People were losing their shit over it. They changed the color of the lights in the background uh, while while it was going on when he started talking. Yeah, oh. there's a lot of trigger. There's a lot of uh, tri- trigger artifacts. You know, the turning to red is definitely emergent. Gives the sense of emergence. That's what you know makes you want to pull over sometimes if you see something flashing red. You know, and it's just somebody's taillights, but you thought you were getting pulled over. <laughs> mm. uh, but yeah, that shift from blue to red is uh, the standard emergency flare. And it's going to be going on for almost a birth cycle. This will be happening for, I guess, six months. Maybe a little. I mean, if you're premature, that counts as a birth cycle. It's a homunculus cycle. <laughs> it's a homunculus cycle. Exactly. I, I didn't want to say it. You said it, bro. <laughs> you fucking said it. So uh, one good thing, one good thing to maybe end on would be like you know fix those family issues, those family ties. You know, come shoulder to shoulder with your brother. Uh, you know, this actually encodes in arms because the Gemini they're usually embraced with one another. And in, uh, in Latin, embrazo means to embrace. So it really means to like hug each other, reach out, you know, mend those wounds. That's what this really means. But it also, I got to point out, is uh, very triggering, very programming because of the concept of the twin towers. These are the twins. These are the sacred twins. Did we, Gabe, did we lose you? Oh, I mean, twins. Gabe, you cut out there, bro. Really bad. You said, you said the twin brothers. Is Cain and Abel, were they twins by any chance? Does anybody know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were brothers. They were like the first brothers. Yeah. They're definitely Gemini oriented. To be Mm -hmm. in arms, uh, Hermanos has the word hands in it. Look Mm -hmm. at the guy's gloves. You know, the Marines gloves put up, but it's also, uh, it's illegal. You're not allowed to have Marines back you in a speech. It makes a militarized 
uh, overly aggressive statement. Really? Oh, man, they fucking really don't like you saying that, bro. <laughs> Gabe, kind of looks like Gabe, uh, you broke out again, bro. They don't like you talking about this shit. Oh, shit. Because the hands, right? The hands is also a Freemason. Freemasonic, Thomas. There it goes. With Sonic the, the Hedgehog. You know, they called it an insurrection. <laughs> and... You're breaking up, Gabe. Damn. There. Is that... I'm the one that's fucking with his signal. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> You're cranking up the fucking knob back and forth. <laughs> Got my little harp, my harp uh, dial. Yeah. And Mark is the muted. Plant. Mark, you're muted, bro. Thomas is remote control. Uh, I can't talk. Thomas is stop. <laughs> Yo, Gabe. What the fuck is going on here? Gabe straight up fucking dropped out. He's spitting some truth right now, bro. You're next, Dan. Go ahead. Say something about fucking Mercury <laughs> retrograde. I dare you. <laughs> frozen right now. The next still frame was when he comes back, he's going to be like a MIB behind him. Oh, he's back. Thank God. There's no men in there. Yeah, there you are, bro. No, oh, dude, he's got Gabe. those lizard eyes, though, bro. Look, he's got the lizard eyes. Gabe's a fucking black belt, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. That was uh, that was amazing. The signal just hit a tune. It just hit a tune. Fuck Mercury retrograde. Yeah, it's, it's the it's the Mars in retrograde Do or whatever. Something. And who won the uh, who won the football? <laughs> uh, the football was uh, it the Rams? Rams. The Rams. Retrograde SRAM, Mars in reverse SRAM. Oh, that's right. That that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, thing, yeah, this thing. So that's the that's the shofar. The blowing of the horn is the shofar. Uh, initiating a battle cry. And so, yeah, I mean, it's all consistent, super consistent. Um, but it's going on for six or seven months, I guess. Uh, and it comes out of retrograde right there on. Two two three next year is two two three. That's your skull and bones. It's just a three days after <laughs> the three two two. That can't be good, right? That's probably bad. But Gabe, why is it that they're invoking right? They're invoking the lovers card, which is six. Which inversion. Six is an inversion of nine as well, which is the the yeah. the, the number of man. But then yeah, they're about to bend, they're about to bend it over. They're about to bend that six upside down. <laughs> is but but so they're invoking the lovers. But then it's almost like a they're they're we're talking about a war planet like Mars, right? Dark energy. Is that is that like the is that supposed to be is that part of the ritual or what's going on there? Yeah, man, it's the diction of Aries. You know, we are a war culture. This is the. This is the big heavy hitter. It's uh, very close to us, you know, in an electric universe theory, I've heard it even posited that some of the electric discharge that caused the squatter man effect might've been a close approach from Mars. And you could even take it further and say the moon might've been a handoff from Mars. And that might've been what Noah's Ark wrote over on. Yeah, I got, I got a little uh, bone to throw you, uh, Gabe. Because I'm I'm just speculating here, but it's interesting because, and I know Juan loves the the, the topic of additive color and subtractive color. It, it blew his mind last time it came up, but subtractive color, the primary colors are red, 
yellow and blue, right? And uh, and the number one colors that you're going to see online being promoted mostly is, is that, that yellow and blue, right? The support give. And then you've got this introduction of Mars retrograde red. <laughs> so like all of a sudden now you've got the, the, the three primary subtractive colors that make up uh, our fucking TV for the next seven months. Yeah. yeah I mean, because yeah, when you're talking about war very... and conflict, and that's I mean, perception, yellow and blue. That's Damn, perception. That's brilliant. Yeah. It's like they brought it, they brought it in. Like if you were going to land an airplane, they were waving the yellow and the blue for so long to almost summon forward. So the expectation of the red Gabe right here. Cause this is, this is uh, when I, when I look at this, I think about the, Chemical wedding of Christian Rosenkreutz, right? What is he holding flowers here? What is this? I think those are flowers. Yeah, it might be uh, the harvest, the indicative. So, you know, you got one has a club, one has uh, flowers. Like so that broccoli means one or is something. a vegetarian, one is a meat eater, one is cane, one is able, uh, one is the harvest where you have uh, food from the garden. But then in the winter, you might have to go eat some meat to get through the winter. So we have both of those in our own nature. I'm going to dub this episode Her Mars Kilis. So instead of a homunculus, it's Her oh, Mars Kilis, bro. There you go. You like that, Gabe? I know you like that. I dig it. So Man, Thomas, that's, a, that's beautiful that you called that, that they were summoning in the, the red. So that's literally, that's literally perception. That is literally vision. That is what you're seeing and when he told me that, the way I see it is that there are certain colors of the light spectrum that we know of that literally, like the Hans purple or the blue, whichever two of the ones it is that we talked about, it, Gabe, that it literally transcends this dimension when it gets to a certain, when it gets to a certain temperature. And that's crazy because I, I 100% think that the terracotta soldiers they were able to embed people's souls into it because they were they're all they're all have their own facial features there are hundreds and thousands of them and this emperor was trying to build his uh, right the micro of his macro of his fucking palace maybe, god maybe medusa was there just or maybe some sort of technology terracotta. but i do think that once they they infuse their souls into this because the color literally changes dimensions. If they were able to embed their souls into the fucking soldier, into their 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 homunculus, because it's a, a, a clay man, right? A man made out of out of stone, essentially. They were able to just transcend the dimension and just fucking peace out. Cause it's creepy. I've seen the terracotta soldiers up front, like I've seen a couple of them. And they're they look like people. They are essentially people they're all unique I, I got something else too co uh, color related and you were talking about being able to see you know like a different dimension of colors and stuff you ever heard of something called tetrachromacy no so tetrachromacy is a genetic mutation that um, allows certain people I think it's typically women um, that, that can see a whole extra range of colors that most normal humans can't wow. see that's it's a crazy. whole and it, and it's one of those crazy things because if you had it 
uh, it might not even be easy to know because that's just how you've seen color your entire life yeah. versus someone that hasn't seen it. It's like, is it so blue or is it gold? Rare. Right, that one when, thing is like, is it blue or gold? Oh, it's gold. And some other people are like, oh, it's blue. It's like, it's clearly fucking gold, bro. But they literally they literally see a color that you or I just cannot see. It's a, it's a brand new color that exists. Uh, it's like it's in a little It's the category. color out of space, bro. That's what it's all about. H.P. Lovecraft was talking about this shit back in the 20s, dude. It's the color out of space. Think about it. And I think I 100% believe that they, that these buildings that they use, because one thing that we're ignoring is architecture and the way that our homes affect our feelings and the way that they want, like all of a sudden, oh, back to, back to the office, Thomas. You need to go back to the office, motherfucker, because these, these buildings are modeled after Vitruvian principles that each room evokes a certain feeling at a certain point in time and if you use the wrong room for the wrong time right it's gonna fuck with your energy bro but that's what they're trying to do we'll go back to this whole idea that this is a prison planet and they want to just fucking harvest our energy and keep us here what if the elite are using secret colors in modern abstract art to communicate with each other nfts see it because we don't have the genetics bred into us to know those colors so they're talking it's like they live bro what if all these billboards have like secret codes on now all of a sudden all those freaking george bush and hunter biden paintings make a lot more sense (laughs) (laughs) they're they're painting with that fucking ultraviolet adrenochrome pigment and that one guy And that one guy, what was that one guy that was painting the the rape children, the 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 molested kids? Who? The Jimmy Seville? No, he was he wasn't the artist. I think it was actually a a woman or something that did the painting. But Podesta, Podesta's collection. Podesta. Oh, the fucking um, yeah, uh, the chick that painted uh, all the tied up children, and they're they're all red, right? It's like a shade of red. This is the problem, dude, because that's an evidence trail. Like, that's just, that's what that is, dude. Like, as somebody that paints and sees a lot of art and stuff, it's like, no, that's clearly, like, a tortured mind. You should definitely investigate that person. Yeah. He's got, like, fucking Jeffrey Dahmer, some headless guy with his fucking, you know, back arched. Like, so last night I was reading some necromancy rituals, something like that. And uh, one of the things that stood out to me was that some of the ingredients in the spell was tears of like a five-year-old or a seven-year-old or uh, in order for for you to complete the ritual, you needed a certain incantation from like a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old. And I'm like, dude, this is fucked because it was a guy from the the true Michael Scott and check it out, Patreon only. Uh, He was an astrologer, alchemist, and he was a writer for the church Michael Scott, okay, and we're talking about word magic and all this shit. I think these people evoke that type of thing into these shows. Uh, but the true Michael Scott was an astrologer, alchemist, and a necromancer, and he condemned magic, but he knew so much about it. He knew so much about it, and he had these certain books that he wrote that were literally grimoires in order how to do certain things. And he was like a John D again, was because he was ahead of John D was accused of being a sorcerer of some sorts, a wizard. And a lot of the, if you read a lot of the work is very 
weird. And I and like I kept asking Roman, I'm like, bro, this is fuck. It's like, is this is this what I think it is? He's like, yeah, that's exactly what you think it is. And like you think about everything that's going on in the Catholic Church, everything that's gone on at the Vatican and all these things. And that's literally part of their black magic, necromantic Wait, magic. The Catholic Church keeps a stable of children in the Vatican City so that they can use virgin tears in their experiments through time space. Probably, bro. Two birds, oh. one stone, bro. Wouldn't doubt it. Why not? If you got the resources, why not, bro? Who's gonna fucking stop you? Dude, like that's what the Vatican's made of. It's like there's like a wing over there. It's like puppy dogs' tails over there. We got high up <laughs> new. You know what I mean? Like it's like a like Madame Tussauds kind of version, but it's just in uh, the Vatican instead of in New Orleans. The expensive ingredients, you know, it's just cheaper making it yourself. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, bro. That's so fucked up, bro. But that's exactly what it is. There was a character in uh, a book in the Hannibal Lecter series. uh, And I forget which book, uh, maybe the second in the series. And this uh, horrible character had been burned and traumatized as a youth. And so was like uh, a recluse because they didn't ever want to go show... Their burnt, their burnt skin from surviving the fire. And he was so sadistic, he had a servant, a manservant, and he would have the manservant bring ch- uh, children, orphans, into the office, and he would tell them horrible truths about what had happened to their parents. And then his manservant would collect the tears to salt his martini glass. Oh, man. Wag, though. That's some real rich people shit. <laughs> Your dad sold Bitcoin at eight thousand dollars, right. and the kids like. Ah. In some places, salt isn't that available. You got to get it from kids' tears. <laughs> Maybe that's what movie. Reddit is really centered around. It was just generated on a uh, on harvesting tears. Reddit, salt. red, the color fucking back to the color red, bro. Mars. It's like red. Bitcoin. It's like oh, Bitcoin God. mining. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's fucking make believe, bro. <laughs> Children, you have all these children in cages in your basement. It's like Bitcoin mining. No, but but what a what bro, but what a better psychological experiment than to fuck with a population, giving them something that is just free range, like here, you're gonna create money. Here's this other monetary system. We're gonna try it on you fucking idiots first and go ahead and just you know print NFTs and do all this whole blockchain thing, and then when things crash, all these companies are gonna go bankrupt and you're gonna lose a ton of money. But it's okay because we just wanted to see what would happen. I I know people. I know a person who killed themselves because they had like five million dollars in Bitcoin, and when it started to go down, it fucking went down like so much. Dude was done for, and he fucking killed himself, bro. He just fucking offed himself. He couldn't take it. That's fucked up, right? And he's a super cool guy and all that, but he couldn't take. Couldn't handle the pressure. He folded, and I mean, you know, he, he was a friend of a friend, but. Wait, what was that like Shawshank Redemption where the guy like gets up on the desk and he, like runs out the fucking thing and straight through the window just... you got <laughs> the, the Hudsucker proxy not Shawshank like, although yeah. it, it also had Tim Robbins as the leading role so there's a connection there. hey, hey Juan yes. hi Dan hey Juan have you been uh harvesting crocodile tears <laughs> I have not no I'm not I don't I don't I'm not a practicing occult I'm an armchair occult this is Mark says but Did I'm not a practicing what what happens if I do? Do I do I can I see through the fabric of reality if I smoke crocodile tears? 
No, but you could turn into like an aggro super human being if you take crocodile. I'm pretty sure that's yeah, a drug. Fuck oh, that. Yeah, fuck that. Your yeah. fucking face will rot off if you take that stuff. I think Florida has that. Uh, that's another one of those things recommended yeah. uh, by your doctor, uh, Huffing and Crocodile, a local a Florida pharmacy. Thomas tried to get me to do that when we went to go see Tripoli, and I was like, no, dude. I don't want to try that stuff. Keep that it wasn't crocodile tear. That was that was uh, Bayou Blaster. Oh, that was meth. A, oh, okay. It's just a synthetic. <laughs> you can get it at any gas station, bro. If you can buy it at the gas station, it can't be bad for you. Oh, <laughs> Bayou Blaster. <laughs> Bayou Finger Blast. <laughs> if you search for Bayou Blaster, there's actually an image of like someone that had, like like put it out on like a nice silver tray. It looks like all elegant. But it's literally just a bag of fucking Bayou Blaster, which is essentially <laughs> K2 or, you know, Spice. <sighs> Don't do fucking drugs, kids. Let's get the fuck out of here. This is uh, this is all over the place, but it's all good. Cause this show got Bayou Blasted at the end, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it. We, t- we talked a lot of shit today. Yeah, for real. So uh, I'll, I'll post everybody's links in the description. We have Paranoid American Comics at Paranoid American. We have Slick Dissident, Gabriel from Slick Dissident on YouTube. We have I'm gonna go turn on all my lights on my perimeter. <laughs> Danunaki, yeah, you should. Danunaki Dan from Rising from the Ashes podcast. We have Pope Christopher from Mensa podcast, <laughs> and Mystic Mark from My Family Thinks I'm Crazy. And I'll fucking Ow. I'll lead us out with this awesome fucking theme song that I got. Well, that Thomas got made. He's a paranoid, paranoid American. <laughs> and he's ranting about conspiracies again. He's a paranoid, paranoid American. And he's reading not cold manuscripts Thomas, again. Do, Thomas, you have to do the fucking Hulk Hogan shit. That's yeah. it. <laughs> that was all the twelve dollars got me on. That was uh, twelve bucks, bro, on Fiverr. So shout out to that fuck. We should get that guy on the podcast. <laughs> so you guys are fucking great. I'm gonna add the recording, and this will be out next week. So.